Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. The Around the NFL Podcast is homeboys with Joey Watts. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. 256 regular season games. Ah. Okay. Follow me on this. And then we've played, what, 10 Playoff games? Now we have. Eight before today. So now it's been yeah. ten. Three sixty six. There's one game left. The Super Bowl. And the matchup was decided today, Sunday. Math by me. How you like that? <laughs> and How it's our from two fifty six to three sixty. Don't overthink it. You know what? <laughs> what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic right, 256, things I've ever heard. 266, 266 <laughs> oh, with one game go. to go. You were off by only a hundred. <laughs> Ow! Nailed it. Also our last Sunday night of the year. This is the, our longest work day, really. We come in, we watch all the games. It was a lot of fun today, and this is it. You know, we'll be on the road. We'll do the, the Phoenix thing, but oh yeah, let's... This, it feels kind of like the end of uh, our little season here. Yeah, we should lay out uh, the schedule. We'll probably do two shows this week, right? Yeah, we'll do two shows, no weekend shows. Yeah, we'll do two week. shows uh, during the week, and then we'll get on a plane this weekend, uh, four separate planes, because they fly us in separate planes just for security issues much how the president and the vice president never fly together. <laughs> so we'll take four private jets to Arizona. And, um, Mark, private? Yeah, Mark, will, actually, I'm putting you on a commercial liner and coach. Well, and it's a day <laughs> earlier so that I can apparently, you know, crank out 14 stories while you guys are drinking martinis. And hey, you, you stuck planes. your hand up in the air for this one. You I don't are, remember uh, that. reconnaissance. I was actually – I was the early guy last year, and I ended up on a boat in New Jersey uh, for the opening press conferences – while you guys were doing your martinis in Culver City. I, I don't want to hear it. I, I winded up in eight-degree weather with a T-shirt because they sent my luggage <laughs> to Miami. That was bad. Uh, so this year, we don't have to worry about anything like that. It's going to be in Arizona. Uh, it will be warm and nice. But uh, let's get to how we are going to get to that game because there were two games played today, one an instant classic, one I called the Throne of Ease Bowl, uh, <laughs> uh, which we'll, we'll well, co- let's cover that game second. Uh, because let's get to it. Let's start that first game because it is going to be remembered for a long time uh, in very different ways uh, by the two uh, fans of the uh, fan bases. And let's get into it. The Seattle Seahawks are going back to the Super Bowl. But it wasn't easy. They were down 12 points with five minutes to play. Fans even left Century Quest Field, the, the great 12th man, because they thought it was over, but it wasn't. The Packers, over a series of miscues and mistakes and a famous, offside, now instantly infamous, uh, onside kick failure by Brandon Bostic, keeps Seattle in the game. Russell Wilson gets hot in the end, a 28-22 overtime win for the Seahawks, who beat the Green Bay Packers in improbable fashion and the Packers' season, and Seattle has a chance to repeat. Greg, we'll start with you. 
how will you remember this game? Is the game that Seattle stole or the game that Packers choked away? Well, I'll remember it more for the Packers choking it away. I'll remember it as a game where a 35-yard touchdown pass to win the game in overtime, a beautiful pass, a beautiful catch, was probably not one of the top three or four plays of the game. I mean, it was one of the most insane endings you could ever imagine. And the whole time I was watching it, it felt like, oh, here's the game where Seattle was way overconfident and they were getting smacked around the whole time. And it's like, okay, after the game, everyone's talking about how they get humble pie and they somehow win the game anyways. I don't know how. There was a moment when they were down by a lot late where it just seemed like it was over for Seattle and they cut to Marshawn Lynch on the sideline (laughs) and he's dancing a jig. And that's when I thought there's just an absolute disconnect between what's happening here and what the players think is happening. But maybe he foresaw or just had that that whole Seattle team. They are confident bunch. I mean, they just seem to not get down. They, Russell Wilson, you know, is the absolute picture of that. Throws two picks to HaHa Clinton Dix before he even completes a pass. Starts 0 for 5, finishes the first half with a zero passer rating. Oh, my god! Four picks on the day. But six of seven over his last seven throws for 135 yards or something, and the touchdown. I mean, he basically said after and the, the game, throw before the touchdown. Right. He said everyone. Not there wasn't a moment when anyone doubted me. You know, other teams they aren't mature like this and they crumble. I think Seattle deserves a little bit of credit here. Yeah, I think it's. It reminds me of the Rudy Tom Jonovan's quote: "Never underestimate the heart of a champion." This is the smartest team in the league. I mean, I think Belichick and Brady are the smartest combo, but this is the smartest, most confident team in the league. And I think we saw from the very first quarter the advantages that the Packers could not take advantage of and the kind of head-scratching conservatism of Mike McCarthy. You just had the feeling that was going to come back to haunt them the the entire game. Aaron Rodgers clearly, and a very grim uh, post-game press conference for Aaron Rodgers, uh, was clearly biting his tongue, I think, when they were asking about – they asked him directly about the game plan and, and specifically when Richard Sherman hurt, hurt his elbow. You know, why, you know was it uh, – were you tempted to go after Sherman, on, who's on one arm essentially? And he said, we just didn't execute. Uh, you know, so they could have been more, more aggressive all over the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it was – you know, they, those, of those interceptions that Wilson had, at one point we realized the first three – only led to six points for Green Bay. And one of them, when you're right down at the goal line, you want to you make a statement early and they end up kicking a field goal. That, that burned us all. None of us like that. I think you can kill McCarthy for not going for it on fourth and goal from inside the one. Right. And then not going for it from fourth and goal from the one, the next drive. The play calling at the end was curious to me, but it was also execution. You know, they had two straight three and outs that set up uh, – the Seahawks going on their run in those, they get two runs for four, four yards and then they miss a pass on third down. And then the next one where they're really trying to salt the game away, they lose six yards on their first two runs. So at that point it's third and 16. Do you just burn the clock there? Do you try to go for it? You have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. You'd like to see them be aggressive, but even then they're punting the ball with a 12 point lead and four minutes to go. At that point, Seahawks, the Seahawks had had 12 drives in the game, and they had scored one touchdown, and that was on a trick play. So their offense hadn't scored a point the whole game, really. And so it's not too crazy for McCarthy to think at that point we're not going to gag up two straight touchdowns. Tom K., I tweeted earlier in the game when, when uh, you know, Russell Wilson had a zero passer rating that he had job security forever because he's been around forever and through some bad playoff losses. Now with a game like this, he would be around forever. But the way that defense folded up like a cheap tent, and, and I, will go, I, have, I have a list here of moments that they will never get back and that they will eat at them forever. We <laughs> wow. already mentioned Coon uh, had the run that was called back, the one-yard run, and then Lacey gets stuffed field goal. Rodgers misses an open Jordy Nelson in the end zone. This, that next possession, they settle for the field goal. A dropped interception in the second half. I'm not sure who had the drop on it, but that would have really put them in great uh, shape. Morgan Burnett has the interception at midfield with five minutes to play and what looked like a lot of running room in front of him, and he slid to the ground at midfield like there was 10 seconds left in the game. Uh, they get nothing out of that. Brandon Bostic, as we know, muffed the onside kick. Haha Clinton botches the two-point coverage 
on the uh, pass that ended up uh, costing them a game. And well, that, went, pl- that play was ridiculous, though. Ridiculous. I, don't even, I don't even know and it. Then finally, and then finally, no sa- safety help for Tremont Williams on Curse's game-winning touchdown, and the game's over and the season's over. Like, all these situations, if they just would have executed any of these, they probably would have won the well, game. And they give up 21 points in five minutes, basically. Wow. I mean, it's like – and this is a team – Seattle couldn't get anything going. Beast mode, give Lynch credit. He ran wild in the second half. And he took over, and they would not have won this game without him. But it's sheer, it was a sheer meltdown by the Packers' defense. Well, and you can pick out I, – I could think of other moments, too. I thought a really big moment of the game, it was 16 to nothing, and the Packers had the ball inside the 35, and they were driving. And that's when Rodgers threw, mm. I think, his second interception. And at that point, if you can go up three scores – if you could score a touchdown there, I thought the game was over. It's 23 nothing. Forget about it. And it was just plays like that from Rodgers and the Packers' offense that let them down. I It's hard for me to kill the defense. I mean, this defense won them the game. I agree 50 with times. that. It's, to me, it's all on the offense not being able to capitalize on all the great opportunities. If the offense and the coaching had stayed as aggressive as the defense, were, the defense was for 57 minutes, the Packers would have blown them out. Yep. And if you're not – for a while, I, I sent a tweet out. I thought I was saying the Packers are going to go to the Super Bowl because of defense and running. Like, how weird How weird is that? Because <laughs> right. they were the better running team, and they were they were easily the better defense for most of it. It really was Rodgers and the passing game that let them down more, more than anything. Uh, and, you know, if you knew if you were a Green Bay fan, you're going to have a 16-0 halftime lead to Nurse. You're going to have four interceptions from Russell Wilson in this game. And during a big chunk of the second half – Richard Sherman's going to be playing with a hobbled right arm. He was just cl- <laughs> left hand, I think. It was clutching it to his body with Earl Thomas in the locker room. Right. And you don't start throwing downfield and testing these guys. That is on the. That's on McCarthy. It's on McCarthy, and you could not watch these two games today and not notice the stark difference between what Belichick did with a big lead in the second half and what McCarthy did with a big lead. Mm, yeah. And it's on McCarthy. He's been there for 10 years. He ought to know that you never go into a game – with a plan to sit on the ball. And he said after the game some very weird comments that he planned to run the ball 20 times in the second half. Yeah, he today, said he really is... wanted to get to 20 runs, and I think he meant in the second half. Like, that was a, this number that he was really pushing to get to. I don't know if he meant Lacey or he meant team runs in the second half, but it was a very strange thing to say. And he also had the quote, I didn't think we would need a lot of points to win this game. That's odd. And, and also, <laughs> your 20 crazy. runs. It's a crazy quote. You're, you're playing football. Exactly. And your 20 runs business, that's ridiculous that that's still a goal in the second half. When Eddie Lacy was on the sideline for a big stretch of minutes, I mean, they didn't even have their starter out there for part of the team. Plenty, go ahead. Plenty of goats to go around here, obviously. But let's focus on Aaron Rodgers for one second because I know he was not healthy uh, in, the, in these playoffs. So he needs to factor that in. But – you know, 19 for 34, 178 yards, averaged just over five yards in attempt, so very close to the Gabbard zone. Touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, the second one that was killer. The first one was in the end zone. Uh, pass rating of 55.8. So Rodgers, you know, for the MVP, he did not show up in a big spot here. Not enough. didn't make enough big plays in this game. Well, like you said, he's not 100%. And how many quarterbacks are doing better against basically the generation's best defense? Jordy Nelson had a key drop. You know, we're not talking about any of this if Bostic catches that pass. I mean, so there's right. there's a lot of things that went wrong for them. But I think Lacey and Starks, they were running the ball really well. And that, that went away in the fourth quarter. And then on the flip side, Marshawn Lynch and the Seahawks running game, that took off in the fourth quarter. Uh, it seems like Marshawn Lynch adds a moment or a performance every every week in the playoffs now that's like, Oh, well, remember that one forever. It's like every big game, Marshawn Lynch seems like he's the best guy on the field. They have to bring him back, right? Yeah, and I asked Greg in the newsroom today. I thought it was a legitimate question. When he's up for the Hall of Fame, I think this is the (laughs) season that really puts him in. I think back-to-back Super Bowls is basically the philosophical backbone of the team. 183 yards today uh, from scrimmage overall, and that includes the twenty, the huge 26-yard catch that he had, and then 157 on the ground. I, I thought it was interesting, too, that Eddie Lacy started out so great, and in some ways you could look at him as kind of like a evolutionary Mar- uh, Marshawn Lynch and how quick and big and powerful he is and nimble. And Lynch, what he did then was basically – 
put the young guy in, in his place and was like, all right, you looked cute there. Now <laughs> let me show you what a real beast does. And 25 for 157 and, and, and just tons of big plays, and you could Took not bring him down. He was just, I mean, it's amazing. I've, I've never seen a running back that can energize a team like that. He's truly unique. Some of the most memorable plays to me were when they were still down 60 nothing or 16-7, and he would get – it looked like he was getting stopped short of a first down, and he'd carry the entire Packers defense five yards. And maybe those drives didn't even always end in points, but it was like it didn't matter what the score was. Lynch was going crazy. Right. Was- well, I thought the Bills made a, an excellent move by giving him up for a fifth <laughs> rounder. They got their value. I think they got two picks. I think it was like a fifth and a seventh. So They did show – there was a study that showed that for both of these starting teams that there was only one first-round pick. That was Aaron Rodgers. Now, there was also in Lynch, but they actually got him for a fifth. That nothing else for either team mm. was a first-round <laughs> pick. I mean, it shows how smart – you talk about a smart team. Seattle has – Brought these players in from all over the place in different ways. Is it Ha Ha Clinton Dix a first round pick? Well, it was offense. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. And it, I feel for maybe I don't feel for Dom Capers, but the performance that Julius Peppers had and the entire defense for the, all that game. I mean, they were better. They're they're not as talented overall as as the Seahawks, but uh, Burnett had three tackles for loss, two sacks, a couple quarterback hits, a pass defense. Uh, Peppers had a monster game, three QB hits, a sack and a half. It's like Clay Matthews did a great job stopping uh, Russell Wilson in the run game. It's like they they played so well for 56 minutes it was and then just fell apart. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix is like a microcosm because he played such a great game. And on that two-point conversion, which uh, really when then you see what you can't really uh, – look at it that way, but when Crosby hits the 50-yarder to send it into overtime, if they don't convert on the two-point conversion, the Packers win on that field goal. It's amazing. That was, to me, one of the most amazing plays in NFL playoff history, and one that will be talked about where he gets flushed out of pocket the opposite side of the field, Russell Wilson does. I think he backpedals like 10, 15 yards, then throws a rainbow, and somehow it ends up being a one-on-one situation with Clinton Dix, and somehow he doesn't play the ball right, and he, and he doesn't even get close to the ball. It was like it was almost like there's been some type of bad juju that infected the Packers uh, about midway through the fourth quarter and they couldn't shake well, it. And the Everyone fake, was how about the choking. fake field goal? Right. I mean, it was it was one weird thing after the other. I know I'm harping on this. The bad juju is a natural byproduct of playing without aggressiveness. Right. Mm. I think that's nat- that goes naturally when you are worried about whether you're going to win or not instead of just Putting your neck, your your foot on their necks. That's what happens. They're starting to remind. They remind me a little bit of the Patriots teams early last decade, where in so many of the big games, the other team left saying we were the better team, hmm. that we played better. And I don't know how it happened, but the Patriots somehow won those games. And after a while, people just started giving, you know, analysts and whatever started giving Patriots credit. They always managed to win those games. And I said it downstairs. Uh, it seemed and it seemed like that way with the Patriots during their golden run that, oh, wow, the Patriots always get the breaks, and now we're seeing it with the Seahawks. It feels that way, but maybe that's not really – You make your own Yeah, you make your own breaks, and that's what a great team is able to do. They take advantage of those opportunities. And I don't – by the way, I don't want to hear anything from people about the overtime rules saying that, oh, Aaron Rodgers should have gotten one more chance. I know, more than fair. Your defense lays down like dogs in that spot. (laughs) You don't get the (laughs) ball back. Right. You you right. choked. You, the whole team laid down on in, in that spot and gave up and a terrible job, I thought, by Capers by not giving Williams any help on that play. You laid down. You let him go right down the field for a touchdown. It's over. Well, you don't get the, in, another, the in ball fairness, back. In fairness, they were winning those matchups all day, and maybe he should have adjusted, but that was one of the more amazing things about their plan was they were one-on-one on the outside pretty much the whole day, and they were winning because the Seattle receivers are not very yeah, good. Yeah, it's a team and without a number one receiver. And I think the, pa- the Patriots will probably do a similar strategy you would think in the Super Bowl because it was effective for the most what part. What took the Seahawks so long to start running that read option with success? I feel like they weren't even doing it, and then all of a sudden, right in the fourth quarter, they started, and they, then you couldn't stop the Seahawks. I thought, I mean, I thought for a big chunk of the game that something was wrong with Russell Wilson, but he <laughs> proved that not to be the case. You know, and Dan said downstairs – and I dismissed this because it was Browns-related, but you said this is <laughs> the equivalent of the drive, the fumbling right up there. And I, and I didn't see that at first, but the more I think about it, if you're a Green Bay Packers yeah. fan, 
there's enough in this game where you wake up tomorrow thinking this something mystical happened here, terrible. Oh, yeah. And it is in that realm. In today's NFL, yes, it is. The difference being that the Packers will be back in the NFC Championship Maybe. game next season. But we don't know you that. Don't know you that. never know. Well, look, look at their roster, though. This isn't like the Browns when Kozar took a turn for the worse and wasn't himself. But and they went to three and four sure. years. But the, and the Packers were the better team in Seattle in the NFC Championship and would have felt as confident as they can be going into the Super Bowl. I mean, they they had it right there in their hands. So you might it, it's like the Packers when they were last won the Super Bowl. We probably thought they would have been back in a NFC Championship game a lot sooner than four years from then. And that's how long it took them to get back, and they're, they're still not back in the Super Bowl. What I mean is this roster is set up to be a sure. contender for the next half a decade. I mean, they have a lot of great young talent on both sides of the ball. They need a coach that's going to get a little gutsier, the, though. Ernest, no argument for me. The Ernest Biner uh, fumble was almost cinematic in its tragic uh, tragedy of it all. Well, and now it's something completely different than uh, even what it was but at the time. I put, the, I think, and we can't forget about two years ago or three years ago the Billy Cundiff game and uh, the receiver not being able to hold on. I mean, that was a heartbreaking loss for Baltimore. But then that got eased a bit because then they won the Super Bowl the next year. Uh, maybe the Packers do the same thing next year, and this doesn't hurt as much. But, geez, right now it is killer. Well, Dan made that list. Maybe this should be a post, all the plays they could have made. And, and that's what has to kill Packers fans. Because I can think of a few more. Third and 19 in the third quarter. The, Seattle hasn't done anything down the field all day. They get a third oh and 19 God. that oh, ended yeah. up. It's like a one-man rush. <laughs> ended up setting up a touchdown. The play, you know, at one point in overtime, it is third and seven. And the Seahawks are on their own 30-yard line. Two plays later, the game's over. I mean, that's bizarre. It's third and long against a team that couldn't throw the ball all day, and you go 35-35, you're done. All right. We got to open the floor for the man behind the glass, TD, because <laughs> at, at a certain point, once uh, Russell Wilson started to heat up, and I got, I got the stat from TD, after Seattle got the ball with 352 to play in the fourth, six for seven, 134 and a touch, rushed three times for 20 yards and a touch. Mark, a lot, a lot of good info from you. Yeah, but, I mean, we mentioned that, right, but well, thank you, TD. Give TD's moment. You, okay. you just wanted to get in there. TD went, ran from his little cubicle in the next room <laughs> over to us and was gloating. And I remember twice thinking to myself, well, this seems weird. I don't feel like we were burying Russell Wilson on the podcast. But apparently, uh, TD, there was something behind it, and we were just the orb for your celebration. Yeah, I was just coming over. You know, I was so excited. I was so pumped up, so jacked up. So I figured I'd come say what's up. But – the first half, I was getting a lot of tweets, a lot of tweets. Oh, what's going on with your boy Russell? And it's like, yeah, he was having a bad game. And I'm with Lock him. I'm with, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Sessler here. I do think he was a little bit off. Like Something might have been wrong with him. I would not be surprised if later So what, it was week. suddenly back on in overtime? Well, I don't know. I mean, you saw that hit that Clay Matthews had. Yeah, he, seemed, he seemed like he got his clock. How about the two interceptions before he got hurt? Granted, but one was picked. One was tipped, right? I mean, sometimes that that, that doesn't always turn into a pick. And the second, the second interception was a great play by safety. It was you know it was double coverage, but still, the man came to play in the second half with yeah. two sexy deep balls to win it. <laughs> He knew ah, what he was doing. You're saying you you, have, you love the sexy deep ball. I could I could empathize with the heat you were taking. Like when I said uh, on Saturday night, I tweeted that I quit Guardians of the Galaxy after ten <laughs> minutes, and a bunch of uh, sci-fi nerds came after me with Furious Vengeance. Yeah, that's, those are the ones you really block. <laughs> yeah, block them with extreme it. emphasis. One, so, one thing, was happy. Greg had a great idea about this being put into a post. And it's about 9.30 on the West Coast here, I think. And it was your idea, Dan. I think we need to get you back downstairs <laughs> into the newsroom after the podcast and get that up tonight because someone's going to steal that Mark idea. is smarting because we did a, uh, a shift switch that blew up in his face like the worst trade since the Herschel Walker deal for the Cowboys and It was Vikings. my Trent Richardson moment. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so TD, congratulations. I will. That's a great post that I'll get to tomorrow morning. Mm. Mark, no, uh, I'll, I'll the write. Mo- I come yeah. in before you. Also, maybe the, the most <laughs> painful collapses too. I mean, this has to be there with with any of them. It Absolutely. was epic. It really. I mean, I, that's how I'll always remember this game is one of the greatest collapses I've ever seen. And I was, you know, I was bummed on a minor level because the Packers are my Super Bowl pick. But more, I was just bummed because I like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And, and I do like this. I like that Packers team. I would. I really wanted to see a Packers Patriots matchup. We're still going to get a great matchup, but to, for them to lose in this manner, oh my God, it's unbelievable. They had it coming. I agree. I, I really I was think disappointed. They, they I deserve to, cover to the be pa- punished Packers. for the way they played football today. I don't. Deny, yeah, I agree with you on that. And honestly, I really believe. I don't feel that sorry for 
Packers fans. I really don't. They've lived a charm life, and they're going to be good for a long time. They, they're still good. As long as Aaron Rodgers, Eddie Lacy, and Jordy Nelson are the heartbeat of that offense, they're going to be great for yeah, a long time. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, I, Rodgers is, I think, 30 or 31 years old. He seems to get hurt every year, which is something to keep a track on as he goes into his 30s. But this will never be seen as anything other than a massive a missed opportunity for that franchise that True. can't get back. And what a what a nice little – I know we had a lousy AFC championship, but to have this game, to have the Ravens-Patriots game, the, the Lions-Cowboys game was very memorable. It's been, I would say, it's been a, great a better than average playoff. It very good playoff. Speaking of kicking yourself, the Ravens, who had a two-touchdown lead on the Patriots, knowing full well they would have walked over the Colts who were pushovers. I don't know about that. <laughs> better than average playoffs on top of – Kind of a below-average regular season as far as yeah. how many great games there were. That's fair. Are we ready to? That went. Wes spins it hyper-pessimistic. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> He's keeping it real. <laughs> no, I'm very. <laughs> no, excited right. about playoff. It, He's right. The bad. There were there weren't a lot of great regular season games in big spots. Bad games. TD. Um, I had a request on Twitter that I, I thought was a very good request. Somebody said for one of the games, since obviously there's only two games today, he wanted jaunty music. Well, that's not. I, well, let's do it. Ah. <laughs> Ooh, jaunty. So, Greg, to my right, is sitting on a throne of ease, which can only mean one thing. The New England Patriots uh, watched the Colts come into their building, and they chuckled to themselves because they knew they were facing a team that had no shot. In the end, a 45-7 win for the Patriots in a game that the, the Pats jumped out to a 14-0 lead in the first quarter and were never threatened. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt rushed for well over 100 yards and three touchdowns. Tom Brady uh, played very well, 23 of 35 for 226 yards. And uh, Andrew Luck struggled mightily behind a team that was just outclassed in a big spot. The Colts are not ready yet, and the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl for a now tying an NFL record the eighth time. Mm. Congratulations. How does the throne of ease feeling? If, and the underpants, which are completely dry. Yeah, uh, they are dry. They got no pee in the underpants. <laughs> I like the guy, the Twitter follower who sent in the levels of pee, was it? Mm, oh, that was awesome. I like that yes. number nine was borrowing your new son Walker's diaper. Right. <laughs> and uh, Walker clearly was the MVP today, the key to the game. Two of you clowns went yeah, against them, job, by the way. Guys they lost the game. They lost 45 to 7. You picked against them. I have no idea what I was thinking, and, and people should never listen to me again. <laughs> when, when I think of this game, I, I think how much this team changed uh, from week to week. And I said this in our, in our NFL Now video, that the thing that stays the same with the Patriots is just how adaptable they are. And to go from a team that set a record for the fewest rushing yards in playoff history with a win last week to a team that was just running over the Colts with six offensive linemen. The Colts had to know it was coming because they did it the last time they played the Colts, and it didn't matter. LeGarrette Blunt. 148 yards, oh, three touchdowns. Uh, speaking of LeGarrette Blunt, TD, <laughs> this is going to be the game where LeGarrette Blunt gets 24 carries or 113 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> All right. So he went 30 for 150. You're like but 30 yards off. Three touchdowns. Bang. That is a popping pick, gentlemen. The Patriots <laughs> have literally pulled people off the streets to demolish the Colts in the run game. Jonas Gray, poor guy. Last time he plays him, gets 201 yards. Oh, Today, four four carries for four yards. Right. And the New England fan base, I know they love their underdog heroes. He got like a big ovation when he came onto the field. Like People are so – they'll always remember his 200-yard game. I've had enough of the Jonas Gray heartwarming story. Well, if, if your yeah, team has done been anything good in a month. since Greg was in like Algebra 2, you know, you've got you to gotta keep finding new people to root for. Cool moment, I thought, when Belichick took out Brady. And this is where the fan in me is coming out. I heard you. And I the, could, you could hear Greg over watching all the post game moments, giggling to him. Oh, that's <laughs> no, you were like, ah, that's, ha, ha, that's pretty clever. That's pretty clever. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, at one point, like Bill Belichick said something, you know, to a, a reporter that was, you know, not not too special. It was just Belichick being Belichick, and Greg was like, oh, that's precious. I did not. Well, say that. That exactly. it, was, it was in that world. But you and you know what? I'm, you know, we're you all, we all sour today. grapes. Your team, I we all envy you, obviously. Yeah. And th how fun must it be? Uh, I, and we're serious about this throne of ease for you to be able to enjoy that game. Basically, from the first quarter onward, just planning for the Super Bowl. There are people in New England booking flights by the time it was halftime. This was such such a mismatch. And my question to you guys and 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 Wes, we need to talk about because I know you wrote about that the Colts have a lot of work to do to get that team better around 
Andrew Luck. But what happened to the Colts' defense that stymied uh, Dalton and then Peyton Manning, and they looked like a team that was coming together for a big run? What happened to those guys? Well, I think we probably should. We did point out that they beat a Bengals team that was missing four of his top six weapons in the passing game, and it's Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis. They lose every year. And they beat a Broncos team that had a feckless, injury depleted quarterback and a coach who let let it leak a few days before that he was out of there. So were the Broncos even properly motivated? They had but, two – looking back in hindsight, they had two pretty easy games to get to that point. But you – I mean, you picked the Colts, Mark, you did too. So there was something about this team that you thought was going to uh, pull off the well, upset. Andrew Luck. Yeah, Andrew Luck. And what happened with Andrew Luck? Because I, I tweeted to Wes, I think you're going to disagree, that – you know he deserves blame for playing a poor game here. I mean he he doesn't have a great team around him. They Reggie Wayne shouldn't be on the field. Of course T.Y. he Hill, does. He needs yeah. more guys around him. But he, they needed him to carry him one more week, and he just he didn't show up. So I, I think you can absolutely say he had the worst game of his career in the biggest game that he's had, the biggest game possible. He had the worst game of his career. But I think if you're blaming him for the loss, you're missing the big picture. Right. Which I don't this blame is a five-win team without him. I think Luck and Brady both played poor in the first half. And the difference was the Patriots are up 17-7 at halftime anyways. I mean, Brady was missing a lot of throws. The conditions were tough. It was very windy. It was rainy. I mean, it was not really built for a big passing day. But Luck missed a lot of wide-open throws. He had some drops. I, I'm amazed in a game that they were trailing the whole time. He had 12 completions. 12 for 33. That's hard to believe. 126 yards, 3.8 yards per attempt, two picks. Their pass rush, it didn't really show up in the stats, but I thought it was very good today. Uh, they had pressure on him pretty quickly. He had to get rid of it, and I think that was a big part of it. If you're this Colts team, I mean, this is a team that, you know, seasons ago traded for a running back that they thought could help them control games on the ground. And when that didn't happen, that more, that even put more emphasis on Luck having to save the day week after week. And when a game like this, it came home and cost them a win because if they could have done what in what New England did on the ground and pound away and shorten the game and have long controlled drives, this would have been a different situation. They haven't had a running game in two years, and they've been playing half of this season with one wide receiver tied behind their back. I mean – We've been saying since midseason they can't win with Reggie Wayne in the lineup. They didn't pull him out today. They let him play the whole game. He finished the postseason with one catch for 12 yards in three games. This this wide receiver group, uh, T.Y. Hilton had six targets, one for 36. Fleener, three for 30. Hakeem Nix, one for 15 on three targets. Reggie Wayne, two targets, no catches. Dante uh, Moncrief. uh, Who drew Darrell Revis peculiarly. How about T.Y. Hilton doesn't have to get Revis? Uh, and still it goes one for six on targets. I mean, that's not showing up. Yeah. Kyle Arrington is a guy Patriots fans will remember for a long time for this performance and the other Colts performance. He's a slot cornerback, not even their starter. It's usually Browner. But today they left him on the field for every snap, I believe, even when it was just two wide receiver sets. They had him outside trailing Hilton. And for whatever Reason you want to come up with is quick feet. I, I don't know. He seemed to have Hilton's number in two matchups this year. The worst two games of the season was Hilton versus Kyle Arrington. Are these the two best secondaries to square off in a Super Bowl? Certainly the best Patriots secondary. Question. That's a good question. Since 2001, and I, and I think the best Patriots defense, even though the numbers aren't amazing, uh, since 2004 when they won it. The 2002 Bucks was one of the all-time great Mm, yeah. Secondaries, but I, was that the Raiders' secondary yeah. they were yeah. playing against? Yeah. I don't know how great the Raiders were. And well, well the Raiders they have Charles Charles Woodson. Then they did, yes. Yeah. Well, I think this game points. Look, that these teams have played four times since the Colts drafted Andrew Luck, and the fewest points the Patriots have scored in one of those matchups is forty-two. They're <laughs> averaging <laughs> forty-seven <laughs> points per game against. They basically do whatever they want when they play against the Colts, and to me that speaks to. They need a talent infusion in Indianapolis. I mean, who are their great players? They have Vontae Davis, Andrew Luck, and T.Y. Hilton, and that's it. I mean, they were able to, for the most part, shut down Gronkowski. 28 yards on eight targets. Tom Brady had a terrific second half. Didn't didn't really play well early, and yet the Patriots win easy. And I think that goes to something that Belichick and has preached since he got there, which is the the depth on their roster, that they're they're a team 
one to fifty three, much stronger than the Colts, who are a team one to ten who can compete with anyone. Well, and I think being a team one for fifty three speaks to your earlier point that they can play any style depending on the matchup. When you have depth, you can do that. The, the Colts can only play one style. Ride Andrew Luck to a to a win. Greg, how excited are you, by the way, to have a healthy Rob Gronkowski in the Super Bowl? And how alarmed would you be when you're on your private jet uh, to the Super Bowl if Bernard Pollard is sitting there? Oh, give me a break. Because <laughs> I've arranged it. Seattle suddenly signs Pollard. Or something I've arranged it. No, he's going to be, do- he's gonna be uh, sitting in on the Around the NFL podcast all week. But we're also going to send him to do some coverage at Patriots practice. I like that. That is an underrated part of these Patriots playoff losses is that they never have a healthy Gronk. And now they do. They, have the healthy, he's, you know, he's the most important player on the there team. There are guys in Brady. Southie that will go to the grave saying that Gronk would have caught that Hail Mary at the end of the second Giants Super Bowl. And w- they would have won the game in general if they had Gronk on two legs. Although Gronk was healthy I would tend to, to agree with him. Can you I would imagine? agree with him. Can you imagine? And if they hadn't signed Chad Cinco to $5 oh, okay. million, dollars, who couldn't take care of single coverage that whole game, he they just left him over there. Can you imagine, by the way, Gronk went to college in Arizona, is completely insane. <laughs> if he wins the Super Bowl in Arizona, what happens that night? That should be what we should do. We should hold the podcast and just follow Gronk around and then do the podcast <laughs> from whatever club he's at. Good idea? Bad idea. Mark. Yeah, I mean, it probably would end it with. I think. I think Greg would end up in an arrest situation in the back oh, yeah. of a cop car somewhere. My clubbing days are over. Right. I don't know if I ever had clubbing yeah, days. I don't imagine you couldn't begin. pay me money to stand in line to go to a club. Well, you don't stand. You don't. You don't stand in line if Gronk is in your crew. I'm though. still not hanging out in. How a club. are we going to get in his crew? That's a pretty big challenge. That's the the big challenge. They wouldn't even let this. the Gronk party bus in the game today. He, <laughs> yeah, I know that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they they uh, got turned away, but it wasn't as dramatic uh, once you read the story. They get turned away because he, Gronk's dream, little backstory, was to own a party bus. And because he's a multimillionaire Gronk, he got his party bus, and uh, apparently they got a sponsor, Under Armour or whatever, to put signage all over the bus. But because some Pepsi or something owns the stadium parking lot, they weren't allowed to park in the VIP lot. Mm. But it just meant they had to move over like one section and park in the the (laughs) Plebeian's lot, and that was it. It's important to have aspirations. Exactly. Pipe down. Gronk party bus. (laughs) Is it called the Sinner or something like that? The Sinner is the name of the bus, and they have... I wrote about this on the end around. The guy that drives the bus and essentially, to me, smells like their consigliere and the guy that makes problems go away is a guy that wears a suit named Bobby Goons. Mm. Is he like Turtle? No, Well, no. <laughs> he's like a cross between Turtle and uh, the guy from Godfather. Oh, okay. I was uh, expecting the what the hell's going on here drop. <laughs> I just want to say that shows how bad this game was. We oh, spent no. legitimately like yeah. five, seven minutes on Grunk's party bus. Well, let's kill, let's kill the Colts again for something else. <laughs> okay. So we credited the Seahawks for not giving up and for staying in the game. Colts wanted no part of tackling LeGarrette Blunt from the first quarter on. They and, and this is, what, the third time in a row this has happened? Yeah, I mean, you they know what's coming They just don't want to tackle him. Yeah. I give the offensive line a lot of credit for this game, but – Half of those yards were just blunt, either getting yards after contact or making people miss. You can tell when he was nimble today. When he's on a roll, because he just tries to make someone miss every time. He'll he'll always do. He'll make two people miss and then try to do it one more time, and then he'll get caught. But it'll be like a nine-yard gain. But he had an amazing game of just really his own play versus the offensive line. Then there's a moment where Nate Solder is announced as eligible, (laughs) breaks off from the tackle position. Catches a pass. There's no one even on the guy. Both winning teams today had an offensive tackle with a uh, pass catch well, and touched it. I said to start the second half, this drive will decide who wins this game. You remember that? You laughed well, at as it. As if it was up in the air. <laughs> all I didn't, well, you laughed. It was set, first of all, it was 14-7 with five. Oh, you weren't nervous, though. Come I wasn't on. overly nervous because they looked like the better team. But it was 14-7 with five minutes left in the second uh, quarter. And I thought that was such a classic sort of Patriots uh, way to handle the end of the half and the start of the second half because they always defer and they run out the clock. They do 4.45 off the clock. They only get a field goal to end the first half, but that's three points. They get the ball to start the second half. It's third and seven to start the drive. They pick it up to Edelman, who seemed like he had six or seven third down conversions, and they get the touchdown there, and suddenly 10 points are on the board before Andrew Luck gets to touch the ball again. And it's over! <laughs> Yes, it was. You, you do know it's over when they start getting like the Mike Vrabels or the Nate Solders into the mix. They love How, they love doing. Oh that. my god, they bring <laughs> out those old war horses. And it just it never ends. But yeah, how about the Patriots? They get so Legarrette Blunt goes from he gets busted smoking pot in his car 
in training camp. He gets cut for essentially quitting on his team uh, midway through the season at Pittsburgh. Signs with New England, and the guy is a major impact player for a Super Bowl team. That that goes to show. I mean, that's good job by the Patriots being on top of it to get him in their building. But also, that is fortuitous, Greg. Of course, it was lucky. It was great. It's well, when you you're the say. Patriots, you no, make. But no one, no one had wanted Legarrette Blunt back then either. Really, they they wanted it's, him. I'll go even further. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong because the I'm Steelers, trying to be cool about this. The Steelers but I'm furious. had no recourse. You, you, they couldn't let him stay on the team the way he was acting. So they have no recourse but to dump him. Hmm. And then he, then the Patriots ride his back to the Super Bowl. But what do you mean it's wrong? What, what else do you want to happen? Because he's like not Blunt shouldn't be rewarded for acting like a jerk. He, well, he's not, but the Patriots have done this over and over. They take the other teams, have problem players that they can't control and have to let go, and then they manage him. You haven't heard a peep from right. LeGarrette well, Blunt I saw some picture of Jonathan Casillas holding up the AFC Championship trophy. I'm like, well, this guy's pretty lucky to get traded from the Bucks when they didn't even well, have a win. That was good acumen by the Patriots saying right. this guy can be a role player and special teamer that can help us. And next year you'll have Josh Gordon, so I'm sure you'll make him look good too. I, I do want to ask <laughs> – well, maybe this is just – I'm not trying to be a jerk here. but did you, Oh, yes, you are. Whenever did you, have, you any... have to say that, yes, yeah. you are. So okay, you're right. I'm a shaky qualifier. I'm not – well, I'm a jerk. Uh <laughs> Was there any thought Darrell Revis returning an interception in a game like this, the Patriots and whatnot? I don't know. No, I had no problem. I, I, the only reason I didn't take it to the house is because he's not as fast as he used to be. But um, <laughs> what I, I, this all portends well for my Jets because what's going to happen is he's going to get his ring. Not that he's ever really been about the ring. He's about the Benjamins. We know that. He's Darrell, not about the Jets I think right he's now. about okay. Wait, that, it portends well for the Jets that they get a ring? No, he gets the <laughs> ring, and then he has literally no incentive to be on the Patriots anymore, and the Jets overpay grossly to bring him back, and then he's a Jet, and it oh, probably doesn't Shrugging matter. Shrugging off the tampering charges they were knocked around Devastating with Devastating news by New in Florham Park. Incentive's a good word. What incentive does Revis have to go back to the Jets without Rex Ryan? Money. Nah. I don't think he's going Breaking back. news, Darrell Revis likes well, money. Well, no, he'll be Breaking. in Buffalo is where he'll be. Hmm. I don't think he cared for the way Woody Johnson treated him. Yeah. But anyway, I, hey, by the way, do you know, Greg, that this will be – spin forward a little bit. We have two weeks to talk about the game. But the You Mad Bro Bowl. You Mad Bra? I'm <laughs> you Mad Bra. I think we're going to hear a few things. <laughs> you Mad Bra? Oh, God. <laughs> you Mad this Richard that was Sherman a great game. star making performance in terms of in the, getting in the media's eye, and right. Wes is already dreading this. I don't want to hear his name. Yimiabra. That's all we're going to hear about for two wait, weeks. Wait, why is, is he now Sherman. like a Swedish, you know, an alien from Sweden? <laughs> Week five, two thousand twelve, I believe it was uh, that the a comeback win for the Seattle Seahawks over the Patriots. That's the last time they faced each other, and Sherman got in Brady's grill and said, "Yimiabra." Okay, no human speaks that way. I just want to point that out. <laughs> that will be a major narrative, and both t- both guys will be asked about it. And I'll uh, tell you this, Greg. You know Tom Brady, and I, I, I tweeted it. That guy's sneaky, crazy. Tom Brady, in a good way. I love Tom Brady, despite being a Jets fan. I respect the guy. Uh, sneaky crazy. You know it burns him up that he said, yeah, okay. yeah, that'll be a little extra crazy a little revenge. On, top, on top of it. It'll be revenge. fun. Nobody says, yeah, bra I, to Tom Brady. <laughs> the Seahawks will probably. Mark Sassler cannot stop I just do not understand how that's where you come with this impression. There's no... I like that. Yeah, bra. Get ready. Two weeks of it. I like it. I just think it's a dead off impression. There's no. How would you that... say it? I'll let him say it. I don't you know, know he'll be honking. There'll be a lot of Seahawks honking and not a lot of Patriots responding. Another fun probably. thing about that Why? game in Week Five that was the birth of the sexy deep ball, the game winner, oh, to Sidney Rice. That's right. That, that I watched that true. and I was like, oh my goodness. That game brought a ton of attention to Seattle because they they really sheltered Russell Wilson early. They started to grow him a little bit. There were all these huge write-ups about that that clash. Maybe, maybe they should go uh, call up their local wing stop and see if Sidney Rice can play for them in this game. <laughs> wing you know stop. I, you know what I mean? That's wow. I, I'm on top of things. Sidney Rice is owning some wing stops. You don't yeah. even oh, know about it. I thought you it. said he would be an employee there. No, which no. Seemed, we did no. this like a, a low blow during the off season. We spoke yeah, about Sidney Rice. Did. I don't remember. I think remember that, that. might have yeah, been part of our news. That I don't day. remember yeah. a podcast from a week ago. It was actually one that Kevin Patra was on when we were in that hideously cold studio. That's right. Oh, yeah. During the World Cup way back when. Oh, I remember yeah. those those days. Yeah. Our last Sunday show in the studio here. Yeah, I'm sad about that. <laughs> yeah. Last time hearing Franklin's Tower until next season. Yeah. Actually, you might have to make that make that uh, a priority. Maybe after the Super Bowl pod. Do we people know what out. that is? 
It's a, yeah, it's a, that's a Grateful Dead song that we've used at the end of each Sunday night shift on our way up to the studio. <laughs> I pull it up on my iTunes and we listen to a little dead, a little dead head up. But Dan's only dead song. <laughs> the on only little song I really know. I know that one in Touch of Grey. <laughs> that that is indicative. I remember being but, a seven-year-old and watching the skeletons uh, in the video. Uh, so anyway, Greg, is there anything that you want to put a bow on that game before we uh, we got to get get out of here at some point? No, I think I think I've made my bow. Congratulations. Well, let's talk about the. Ooh, let's do it. Let's talk about the reigning dynasty for the past thirteen years going mm. up against the up yeah, and coming dynasty. I love it. Seven teams have gone have won back to back Super Bowls. The Seahawks have a chance to be the eighth. And all seven of those I think we would count as dynasties. And the last team to do it, obviously, was the Patriots. You get you know, the best team of last decade certainly, trying to stop uh, a potential juggernaut for this decade. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. I mean the fact it it's crazy that Brady is in his sixth Super Bowl. That that's the most for any quarterback. Yeah. Belichick's in his Sixth, I mean, you're. We'll, we'll have a couple weeks to talk about yeah, all, I, all this sort of. I threw up a post before we came. So there are seven things to watch, and the one thing that jumped out was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady still at the height of his powers, going against the Seahawks defense. And Michael Bennett was right, and we talked about it this week or last week. This is the best defense of a generation. We get to see that on February first with all the all these legacy uh, impacts on on the line. It's uh, it's a great Super Bowl. And it really it, is. It feels, and I I know you'll you guys will say, well, they they go twelve and four every year, but it it feels as a Patriots fan like okay, they're returning to Phoenix, the scene of the crime of the worst you know, possible game that they ever had. The first Super Bowl I covered, I was all excited. Randy Moss scored a touchdown on the end where I was covering the game. I was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. They lose that game. It feels like this is their last chance to get that fourth Super Bowl that, that Brady's been wanting so badly. When well, I, until next season. But yeah. when, I left, <laughs> when I left the, the Patriots-Giants the second time around, I left that night thinking – they're probably never going to get back again. Just because if you look at the NFL history and you look at Brady's age, most likely they're not going to get back to have the chance to go win it. They're, and they're even less likely to have a lead in the That's fourth quarter. That's why Giselle was throwing everybody under the bus after the game. She knew the historical <laughs> right. consequences yeah. of that game. And now, and now here they are three years later, and they do get back, but they're going up against what's been a juggernaut of a team. It's pretty, right. pretty awesome. Right. Hold on. Father all Father Time stops us all, and that's why Tommy needed awesome. this you game. Get one Hold more on, chance. Greg. One thing. Now, it doesn't the, mean you get it. If the Jets or Browns, if this tonight they had just they? won the AFC Championship, yes. I would. We would be overturning cars, and <laughs> setting fire to like rows of apartment buildings yes. in LA. What are you going to do? Why tonight? is that a celebration? I don't know. I, I I wouldn't do that, but I would. If Mark wanted to do it, I would do it. If I would <laughs> cause total chaos. I mean, I want to know what you're going to do tonight. You, your team is in the Super Bowl. How does Greg Rosenthal celebrate this special, I'm gonna unique be, moment? I'm going to be changing diapers at 1 or 2 in the morning. This guy Walker's calm all day long, and then overnight, you know, he's just <laughs> going crazy. So that's that's pretty much what I'm doing and now, to celebrate. And I, got, <laughs> I got NFL now in the morning. Now that you mentioned Walker, <laughs> by the way, now I'm feeling weird because I knew Mark – instantly I knew Mark and West made a terrible mistake uh, going against Walker this week. And now I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what my pick is, but now I feel nervous about going mm. against the Patriots. Did I pick the Colts? I with, don't remember doing that. <laughs> for, with the wall, with Walker in play call. again. For posterity's sake, on the website which records our picks, I, I, even, I went with the Patriots. Don't even. Oh, bother. you know what? No, you, <laughs> you, are gave, a, you, you are an You outrage. buried me last week for doing the same thing. I didn't thing. have any kind of confident call involved. I still, it's not a big difference. So oh, I, it's a major I, difference. I, know, I, I, I admit to waffling on this game. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's kind of similar. I, no, I think I the confident call take it is off line, big. fellas. Keep going against him. Right. Keep going against <laughs> him. That's all I'm going to say. I'm a little nervous now if I was going to go against the Pats. Uh, TD, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, I was just wondering what else is going on with you guys, man. You guys watching any new movies, checking out the Oscar noms. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? It's a We're in like minute 48 in the podcast. I know. I watched a bunch sh- of episodes of Justified yesterday. See, there you go. Uh, I can't get enough of Madam's Secretary, which is a, <laughs> just an outstanding show. That, that Taya Leone, she's got staying power. And TD, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, enough. Well, like I said, I wouldn't recommend that to you. No Wait, way. Wait, as Dan said though, and I and I was maybe going to watch this. He says like at minute ten, like a talking raccoon shows up. I mean, come on. Oh, that's Bradley Cooper. We've had a drop I, from Bradley, from fine, uh, Rocket it, Raccoon on the show and before. I, I haven't mentioned, by the way, Let's that not do that again. The talking raccoon is talking to a talking log. 
Okay, so, so I mean, you know, uh, uh, hi, I'm 34. I'm not going to watch something like that. It's a little troublesome. No, it is. it is. It is a little bit tricky. Even for me, it was tricky to get into, but it was fun. It was fun okay. to watch. So anyway, Seahawks and the Patriots, Super Bowl 49, Glendale, Arizona will be there. Uh, and we'll, we got two more shows from Culver City, California that we'll do. We'll be back on Tuesday with our first of, I guess it will be, Five preview shows or four preview shows leading up to the game. And then, of course, the only podcast in the game. And if anyone does it, I've already filed uh, copyright claims. We do a pod on Sunday night right after the game and get it up there. You guys know it. All our listeners love it. We'll have a pod up that night after the game from the press box. Beat that, competitors. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being nice ideas. calling them competitors. I don't even think there's any competition right now, so let's Woo. keep it that way. Yeah, there is I no like that. CTD getting behind us there instead is no of the, uh, the coaches show. Shout out to Fabulous. Yeah, is the coaches show <laughs> doing a, a podcast minutes after the Super Bowl wraps? <laughs> I think the coaches show might be done doing podcasts. No, no, we got. It's <laughs> <laughs> not in their contract for 2015. Oh gosh. Uh, Come on, guys. All right, all the same team. Let's get out of here. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. Where's that music, TD? Well, it's coming. It's coming. Here. it's coming. Bring it on. Go ahead. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss. This is Dan Hansen signing <laughs> off for the mailman. Finish your sign-offs. I got you. The <laughs> Quiet Storm, the boss, and TD behind the glass <laughs> until Tuesday. Jaunty. Jaunty. I like that kind of party. I like that kind of party, baby. <laughs> she boy. This thing on. Because it's getting ready to be it's the on. The TD Mega. Uh, phrasing. <laughs> New York Bozo. New York Bozo. That was so sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> what a riff. Did you catch Season 3 of This is Digital? Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including digital lessons from the EV revolution and the chief digital officer's role in disruption and culture, featuring guests like Ekta Chopra of Elf Beauty and Tyson Jomini of J.D. Power. Do you have a digital mindset? Find out by checking out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.